The Public News Service Daily Newscast, June the 15th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. National law enforcement groups are joining the chorus of Kentuckians who are calling on the U.S. Senate to pass meaningful gun safety measures. A bipartisan group of senators is working on specific legislation after announcing an agreement to support red flag laws, boost background checks, and increase mental health resources. Kentucky Republican Senator Mitch McConnell said Tuesday he'd support a bill that follows the agreement. Kim Craven with the National Association of Women Law Enforcement Executives says her group has been advocating for measures that prevent people with a history of violence or domestic abuse from getting firearms. We have a lot of resources at our fingertips that we can reflect on and come together and create programs and strategies to reduce the number of gun deaths that are occurring across our nation. Last week, U.S. House lawmakers passed the Protecting Our Kids Act to raise the age to buy semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21 and to create federal laws against gun trafficking amid other reforms. Only one Kentucky representative, Democrat John Yarmuth of Louisville, voted to approve the bill. In 20 2020, the Commonwealth had the 13th highest gun death rate in the country, according to the Giffords Law Center. Nadia Ramlagan reporting. And new research suggests that reports of skyrocketing youth crime are not only unfounded, but also are fueling calls for stricter punishments. Data from the Sentencing Project shows the share of crimes in the U.S. committed by young people fell by more than half in the past two decades. It also decreased in all major types of offenses in 2020. Given the stress young people faced over the past two years, report author Richard Mendel says he wouldn't be surprised if future data reveals a pandemic-era increase in youth crime. But he contends that a temporary rise shouldn't be used to justify returning to get-tough approaches. This is not a moment to be panicking about youth crime, especially if that panic is going to lead us to embrace solutions that we know the evidence shows does not work. According to the report, juvenile detention and transfers to adult court can worsen youth outcomes. Instead, Mendel encourages reforms that help drive young people away from delinquency. These include reducing reliance on youth confinement and making stronger investments in social and mental health supports in schools and communities. Mary Sherman reporting. CNN reports Yellowstone National Park will remain closed to visitors at least through today. That's due to dangerous flooding conditions, which have prompted park evacuations and left some in surrounding communities trapped without safe drinking water. CNN notes abundant rainfall and rapid snowmelt combined to produce up to three-quarters of a foot of water runoff. This is PNS. Older Americans are dying from drug overdoses or suicide at much higher rates now compared to a decade ago. That's according to the latest America's Health Ranking Senior Report. It comes from United Healthcare. The report found suicides have increased by 13%, depression is up 9%, and drug deaths among people over 65 have doubled in the last 10 to 12 years. Jeanette Zanipatin, California State Director for the Drug Policy Alliance, says these last few years have been especially challenging. So the pandemic didn't help in terms of folks using substances in isolation, not having access to treatment. This age group also tends to view treatment and mental health a lot differently than younger cohorts. I'm Suzanne Potter. The latest community census data shows Michigan's child poverty rate remains at 19%. Groups that advocate for kids and families say it's time to raise the state-earned income tax credit.
Michigan residents are grappling with inflation, high prices for food and gasoline, increased cost of child care, and other basic needs. So Monique Stanton with the Michigan League for Public Policy says the census figures show now is an important time to put money into working families' hands. She notes nearly every aspect of children's lives improves when their parents are on better financial footing. The amount of the tax credit that you get increases based on the number of children that you have, and it's also impacted by what your particular income is. In Michigan, we have a rate of only 6% of the federal credit. That's one of the lowest rates across the country, and we have an opportunity to substantially increase the rate. Stanton says lawmakers are introducing increases of 20 to 30 percent. She notes children of color have higher poverty rates, roughly two to three times higher than for white children. And the EITC is one strategy to reduce child poverty rates equitably. I'm Lee Wolke reporting. Finally, Arjona Chester tells us as fewer people in Indiana are opting to go to college, the state's commission for higher ed is releasing policy recommendations. A new report from the Higher Ed Commission finds only about half of the high school class of 2020 enrolled in college. Sean Tierney with the commission says there are a few steps the agency is recommending to address the decline, including automatic enrollment in Indiana's 21st Century Scholars Program for eligible students. Only about half of eligible students sign up for the program. We want to expand that and help these students prepare not just when they're seniors in high school, but in middle school to take that step into college. The report says the enrollment rate for 21st century scholars is 81 percent, far outpacing the state's average. Among the recommendations it makes is increasing the Franco-Bannon grant for low-income students. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on radio stations big and small, your favorite podcast platform, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.